Let's freaking go. Uh, oh, we have a lot to get to. I want to start with one of the most undertold stories of today's college football playoff story. Okay. We all have our thoughts on Alabama getting in over Florida State to the point where I did a live stream earlier today directly after the end of the college football playoff decision to not include Alabama or should I say Florida State into the Final Four and to include Alabama over Florida State. Now, to give you the Cliff Notes version, for those that did not watch it, my stance on this is very clear. This is not only one of the biggest sham mockeries of the sport of college football. This could provide some legal precedent for Florida State uh, to come in and say, look, we were robbed of a million-dollar opportunity to be in the college football playoff. That's the big story. There are other stories involving the college football playoff that is also undertold, including the fact that Texas also jumped Florida State in the college football playoff rankings as a one-loss conference champion when Florida State was undefeated as a conference champion, despite playing more Power 5 teams than either of them, okay, just because the quarterback had an injury. That's a big story. I'm not going to sweep that under the rug. But this is the LSU channel, and I want to give you an LSU perspective on the college football playoff, okay? I cannot, cannot tell you how lucky Brian Kelly was with these college football playoff rankings, okay? Now, I understand LSU was nowhere close to the top four, but the tenor of this entire live stream would be totally different had the 12-team playoff started this season. Sometimes luck in life is not necessarily how good you are, but your surrounding circumstances. Brian Kelly is very lucky that the 12-team playoff did not occur this year. Let me show you one quick graph here, and we're going to get to all your comments here today. Now, imagine how each and every one of you would feel. And we're going to get into the ReliQuest Bowl and, and chat about Wisconsin and all those things. But this is what the 12-team playoff would have looked like. The field would have included one team that LSU did, in fact, beat. And three teams that ended up beating LSU. In fact, the three teams that LSU lost to are in this field. So going nine and three with the schedule that LSU had would actually looks even stronger when you look at this field. But the truth is the Ole Miss game would have cost LSU a chance at the college football playoff. When you use the eye test, which is a very popular word uh, or words, it's clear that Florida State is an elite team when they are fully healthy. They're an elite team now. We just saw Alabama beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. 
So losing those two games and actually beating Missouri looks a lot better in retrospect. But the loss to Ole Miss would have cost the greatest single statistical offensive season we have ever seen from the college uh, quarterback position. It would have cost that man, Jaden Daniels, a chance at the college football playoff. So why do I bring this up? Well, we're lucky. We are very lucky that the 12-team playoff wasn't indeed this season. Now, could it be that the politics that are involved with the eye test, could there have been a committee member, let's just say the 12-team playoff happened this year, that could have slammed the table and said, look, LSU went to Missouri and beat Missouri by 10, and Missouri didn't have to play a non-conference game as tough as Florida State, which is true, okay? Maybe LSU sneaks into the 12-team field if there was a 12-team field this year. That could happen. <coughs> Excuse me. I was about to sneeze again. <coughs> Excuse me. With that said, though, I'm glad to sell the 12-team playoff is next year. It's also important to note that three losses seems to be the hard cutoff. So when this field stretches to 12, could you get into the to the field with three losses? You could. But if LSU is to only lose two games, all right, every single two-loss SEC team got into the field. Georgia, Alabama, Missouri, Ole Miss. They all got in. Okay. So keep that in mind. In a 12-team field, you could still get in with three losses, but if you only have two, you are more than likely getting in with the LSU strength of schedule. So keep that in mind next year. Now, before we get to all your comments, let me share a few thoughts about the ReliaQuest Bowl. First thing, I'm not a big source guy, but I'm just going to uh, include this. There was a reporter on the LSU beat. I'm not an LSU beat reporter. I'm not. I'm not a reporter. I'm. I'm not. I have a journalism degree though, but not a reporter. But I was able to get it confirmed by multiple sources before anyone else, and I tweeted it out before anyone else. I didn't get any credit. Just wanted to point that out. That LSU and in, in, in Wisconsin were playing the ReliaQuest Bowl. Okay. Um, sometimes you get scoops. You share it. Sometimes I don't share it, but you can go look at the timestamp so you could see that your boy was first. Now, next thing I want to bring up about that, it sucks. It sucks. Th th this bowl game sucks, right? Um, this very well could be the Purdue game all over again. Wisconsin is a middle-of-the-road 7-5 and five team. Teams do tend to play harder for first-year coaches in nothing games. That's very anecdotal, but that's just how I've always seen it. So Luke Fickle is a first-year coach, so I don't think we're going to have a Purdue situation where you had all the opt-outs, and, of course, uh, you had the situation where Luke Fickle um, is a first-year coach, and last year they did not have Jeff Brom, who's one of the best coaches in the sport. Um and obviously, Purdue didn't have their best quarterback, their best receiver, a few of their best linemen, and so on and so on. So it will be a more competitive game, if you ask me. It will be. Now, what I will say on top of all of that, though, is the game sucks. We are a 9-3 and three team 
going up against a seven and five team. Okay. It's to the point where I am not certain that I want the legends to play. And you guys know who the legends are. I don't, I, I'm not saying it's beneath them. No game at LSU is beneath anybody. But I'm just being real here with arguably the best quarterback and best receiver we've had. And once again, I said arguably, I wouldn't have Jaden Daniels as the best quarterback. I still think Joe Burrow's number one. I do think Malik Neighbors is a GOAT LSU wide receiver, but still. These, these are legends, not and not just LSU. I mean, we're talking about all-time great players. Maybe, you know, like the whole game just kind of sucks if something were to happen. I would prefer those two and BTJ and all those guys to play. But, man, it seems very underwhelming, right? Now what I want to do is tie both of our first two topics together. Could you imagine how you would feel right now if the 12-team playoff was this year and you missed out on the playoff and you get rewarded with the ReliQuest Bowl? You would be furious. Okay? It sucks. The, everything about today sucked. Let's go to Simper. FSU got hose. LSU underranked. Yeah, I I agree. I agree on both the chords. Um, it, if we're going to be honest here, if you want to use the eye test, I just want to point out that there are some people that on a neutral field would have LSU versus. Washington as a pick'em situation. I'm just sharing that. Now that's not how I would see it. I I would have Washington favored by three and a half or four, somewhere around there. We're not stopping their offense. I would trust their defense to do something before our defense ever stopping Washington's offense. So I would probably have Washington as two and a half, three point favorites, but the over-under in that game would be set at 85 <laughs> minimum. Um, but th- there are some people that would have LSU favored versus Washington. Okay. And to have such a strong team and be where we are now, it just furthers the point that we underwhelmed in a major way this year. Now, in retrospect, you saw it. If the 12-team playoff happened, we would have played four teams in that situation and gone one and three. Okay? Boris, thank you so much for the Super Chat. I really appreciate it for all the film studies. Thanks and a very Merry Christmas to you. Uh, Boris, people like you make me so freaking happy. So what are we giving out tonight? Well, we're going to give out another Mason Smith autograph rookie card. If we get to a hundo and Super Chats tonight, thank you so much. Okay. Now, we're going to get to all of it tonight. 
I'm going to let you guys carry the live stream. I've done a lot of live stream content. The SEC channel is blowing up. I really appreciate you guys. Um, Alabama fans hate me over there, and they hate me over here as well. As long as Alabama fans hate me, I know I'm doing something right. And the funny thing about it is I actually picked them to, to, to beat Georgia. All right? I'm in a big pick'em group, um, and I picked them to beat Georgia in, in that game. Um, they're a good football team. They are. Now, I won't talk too much about the playoff today. All right. Because I've already done two hours on it earlier today. And if you want to see everything I had to say about the Power Hour SEC breakdown of it, I do want to share one thing. Okay. We did miss. We did miss. A huge opportunity and what was a down SEC, okay? Here is one thing I would say about watching the Georgia-Alabama SEC championship game. If LSU had last year's defense, okay, a good unit but not great unit, we are running away with the SEC this year. We just are, Okay. We're beating Alabama and Alabama. If we just get one of those Milrow stops, it, it's just how that would have played out. They were not stopping Jaden Daniels. And obviously, some of our offensive players had really bad games versus Alabama. So it would have been close. But any type of defense, nobody was stopping that legendary LSU offense, which makes it even crazier that Florida State was left out of the field because – Jaden Daniels had one rough half, actually two-ish rough halves this year. Okay, now think about the the games that we played this year. We played 24 halves of football. Jaden Daniels only had two rough halves, the first half versus Arkansas and the second half versus Florida State, all right? Every other half was elite from him. Y'all, Florida State deserved – the playoff just based on that alone. Now let's go to Grant Super Chat. There is a lot of recruiting stuff we're going to get into tonight. A lot. We have the Gabriel Relliford story. All right. This is a top defensive line recruit out of the state of Louisiana. He is a four-star on on three. All the other services have him as a three-star. But he is still a four-star defensive lineman at a huge position of need, and he is a freak athlete, okay? <laughs> he is uh, – athletically, he is special. Now, he is a little bit of a tweener as a defensive lineman, but that's somebody you want to be a part of your class, right? I mean, athletically, he is gifted. Um, So that is a guy that LSU is really after. He just decommitted from Texas A&M before we started this live stream tonight in large part because Texas A&M's defensive line coach elected to go to Syracuse to be the defensive coordinator, I probably would have done the same thing if I was him, okay, Uh, because he is from that region. And now Grant wants to talk about Will Shepard. So for those that aren't familiar, Will Shepard is a wide receiver out of Mandeville, okay? So we do have a bunch of viewers from Mandeville, including Grant, and Mandeville uh, produces really good high school football players. They just do. And 
he goes to Vanderbilt with the chip on his shoulder, and he was one of the leading receivers in the SEC the year before last, okay? And this year he had a really good season, but it wasn't as good as the year before because obviously Vanderbilt just wasn't as good. But still statistically, it, it, it was good, right? It was around that 60-ish catch region, region for 600 yards, right? Didn't watch a whole lot of Vanderbilt because they were just tough to watch. I will say this. You go look at the Tennessee tape. What route concept was a killer for us this year? Well, it was slot fades. He caught a very difficult slot fade. It wasn't quite, he wasn't quite the slot receiver, but there was a catch he made in that Tennessee game, the last game of the season. So this is the most recent sample of film you, you can have that was very Malik-like. Now, he's not that level of player, but he is a bona fide producer in the SEC. Now, I do have some concerns on what our expectations would be if he were to choose to come to LSU and if we were to choose to recruit him. Some of his production at Vanderbilt, sometimes it's just the byproduct of being on a bad team. Who else are they going to throw the football to, right? So some of that is is target-related, right? He got a lot of targets, so some of them are going to produce. But the truth is, he's good. He's good, right? I think, um, like, if you were to come over here, I would have a tough time believing that he would be bonafide alpha X receiver, but he would be a very good SEC producer with some of the best quarterback play he's had as a collegiate player. So, Grant, I really do want him to be an LSU Tiger. Something else to point out. Uh, there was a, a, something I saw on Facebook that there were 47, 47 wide receivers from the state of Louisiana that registered Division I statistics this year. Okay? You should always be able to find portal receivers from Louisiana. You should. Kyron Lacey looks to be pretty good. I do want to point out, before I jumped on this live stream tonight, I am not able to watch a lot of NFL because of, you know, how much my life is consumed by college football. I do want to point out one thing that I saw to be very interesting. Uh, I was eating my tacos, eating some dinner with my wife, and she is now watching Sunday Night Football. And the Kansas City Chiefs and, and um, the Green Bay Packers are playing. All right. There were three starters in that game alone that were not recruited by LSU. Starters. Okay. One was an offensive tackle. Another was a corner. Another was a safety who was a younger brother of an LSU legend. There was also another who wasn't a starter, and his name is Dontavian Wicks, also from Louisiana, went to Virginia. He was a fifth-round pick, and he is a stud. Now, we didn't miss out. Obviously, when he was at Virginia, we had Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas Jr., uh, BTJ. We, we've had good players um, without him. But the point is, and Grant Super Chat here, is to illuminate how many great Louisiana wide receivers are out there that we're not able to get. So, 
if I were LSU, I am doing whatever I can to call every Louisiana receiver that produced at the Division I college football level to say, hey, now we need you. We want proven commodities to come challenge for the opportunity to play in this wide receiver room. Okay? So, there you go. It's a really good super chat, Grant. Appreciate you, man. <laughs> Simper wants to fire Dennis Allen. I'll go a little bit deeper on the Saints today. Um, a little bit later. Now, I understand that the debate is raging on here between Alabama and Florida State. Okay? Let me go to Trey here. Before we get to that, let's discuss all the LSU players that have entered the portal. Up to this point. Okay, Trey Bradford's in the portal. No real shocker there. All right. Um, Armani Goodwin is in the portal. No real shocker there. I don't even think either one of them dressed out. Another walk-on LSU player is officially in the portal, and that is Corin Norman. All right. Also in the portal is Bryce Langston. Now, Bryce Langston came into LSU with really freakishly high expectations because before he even played it down, Ed Orgeron thought it was a, a good idea to compare him to Michael Brockers, who, of course, has had a 10-year NFL career and uh, was a member of one of the best LSU defenses of all time. And the funny thing was, was Bryce Langston didn't even play defensive tackle in high school. He was like a, a standing edge player. So they move him to defensive tackle and it didn't work out. And he released a statement, um, you know, doing what's best for, for God and his family. And he had nothing ill to say about Brian Kelly or, or Ed Orgeron, but there were a lot of people that loved him, including myself, right? Here's a top 150 guy from, you know, the state of Florida who came over and I thought he was going to be a good football player, but you know, th those kinds of things always wants me to reevaluate my recruiting process. And, you know, when I went back and I looked at him, there was like some things that I missed, right? And I was like, okay, this is kind of weird. This, this is maybe it's not going to work out. So we really have to question every single high school evaluation before we stamp them as uh, the next. Benny Logan or the next Terrace Marshall. I, I need to see film. I need to see data. Um, I, I need to see how you're going to fit with whichever scheme we're going to run. All those things are so important to keep in mind before we say anything about anybody. Okay. So, you know, it, it stinks, Trey. I, I, I would have loved to have seen Bryce work out, but guess what? Those things, uh, those things don't always happen. All right. Uh, Brambo, we got all off season to talk about that. Boris, uh, Boris is super chat here. Missouri versus Ohio State might be fun. Ole Miss versus Penn State, and that's it outside the top four. 
Man, it would be really big for the SEC if Missouri were to beat Ohio State. Okay? They're going to go into that game far more hungry than Ohio State. I don't think we could see a bowl game. I don't think we could envision a big bowl game where one team is treating it like the Super Bowl and the other is treating it like nothing. Okay? Let's go to Jared A. Dennis Allen replacing Matt House. Huh? 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 That would be hilarious. I would also be open to it. The issue, though, is Dennis Allen, of course, is an NFL guy. I don't know how excited he is uh, to, to get on the trail and recruit. I do think, though, as we move closer to this early signing period, you need to live with potentially Matt House being your defensive coordinator next year. That it's it's and honestly, there's not really a whole lot of rumors about any of the defensive staff right now being let go or kept or whatever. Okay. Um be ready. Be ready. Okay. Now uh let's see here. You might not like it. But what the committee did was completely logical. FSU isn't a top 10 team without Travis. Okay. I don't know how many times I would completely dominate this argument. I've done it a gazillion times, not only on Twitter, but a two-hour live stream. Okay. And I, had, I, I saw Arkansas fans stumping for Alabama to get in. Folks, let me say this. I benefit as an SEC channel with Alabama getting in over Florida State. I, I gained to, to, to get something from that. That's more content for me, right? And I'm sitting here telling you that the entire Alabama college football playoff argument is totally based in hypothetical. That's it. That's it. That's the only argument you could make. All right? It's that and what Vegas or what could happen. and. The other Alabama argument is one quarterback had his knee snapped in two by a random linebacker who plays at North Alabama, who five years from now will probably be selling you a life insurance plan. A random, a, a random injury. Okay. A random injury. That is what happened. You cannot sit and tell me that Alabama, a gazillion percent certain, would beat Florida State. Okay? You can't say that. Now, if I were to choose, yes, I would pick Alabama to beat Florida State in their current state. I could. But I don't live in a world of hypotheticals. One team had something unprecedented happen to them today, okay? And today opened up a Pandora's box of bad things that could sneak into the sport. What if Florida State had just said, look, Jordan Travis, the leg injury is not as bad as you think it is. He could be back by the playoff. That would have helped Florida State's chances today. I'm sorry. Every single argument you make for Alabama, 
does not compute. Sure, Florida State's strength of schedule metric wasn't as good as Alabama's strength of schedule. But even that falls apart because you can look at a stat like strength of record. Florida State's strength of record was better than Alabama's strength of record. And we can also take a look at the amount of Power 5 teams you have to play. Florida State played the near maximum amount of Power 5 teams you could play in a season. They played not one but two out of conference Power 5 teams this year. LSU and Florida. And beat them away from home both times. It doesn't matter how you slice it. Florida State's resume was flawless. The only thing you can point to is one player getting hurt. That's it. Okay? So, if you want to sell me that the playoffs should be based on who Vegas wants or, or who Vegas would favor, then guess what? Oregon would be in over Washington because Oregon would be favored over Washington at least according to SP Plus and a bunch of computer rankings that actually determine the Vegas point spreads. I don't want to live in that world. The games happen. Some of you, Danny Garo, I know, Jared, I know, you paid money to go to the season opener in Orlando. Okay? Guess what? The playoff committee told you today that that win meant nothing over you. Nothing. It meant absolutely nothing because one player's leg snapped. On a random injury. Okay. And one thing that is pissing me off. It's pissed me off to no return. Is I see some of these SEC personalities say, well, you know what? I give the committee the strength for doing the bold thing. They did the bold thing today. When the exact opposite is true, the bold thing is when you do something that is right, but in turn hurts you, okay? And it's hard to do those things. I struggle to do those things. You struggle to do those things. When you're little, you steal something out of the cookie jar. You should be honest. Fess up to the parents. Sometimes you don't do it. Didn't harm anyone in the long term. You gained a benefit from from something. You didn't tell the truth. Okay? If you look at the resumes and you told the truth, it's not close. Florida State deserved to be in or Alabama. But guess what? The committee stood to gain something from Alabama being in. They have a provision in their college football playoff hierarchy to, hey, if somebody gets hurt, you can, under your power, change things. Even though we have seen multiple instances in the college football playoff history where backup quarterbacks or quarterbacks who didn't actually start the season end up being the team that wins it all. Okay? The other way around would have been the bolder thing the, the committee to do. 
Because if Florida State is playing Michigan, Alabama is a far bigger brand than Florida State. Alabama is healthier at the game's most important position than Florida State. There won't be as many people that tune in for Florida State and Michigan as they would for Alabama and Michigan. SEC big league partner with the team that's hosting the college football playoff. It would have been bolder to do what's right, and the committee didn't do what's right today. And that sucks. That sucks. Okay? Pegasus says Washington and FSU have been surviving every week. Oh, wait. Alabama didn't have the Houdini Survival Act of the Century? (laughs) They had a less than 1% chance win probability. Tell me in any game that Washington and Florida State had this season where they had less than a 1% win probability. Okay. Let's go to Danny Girl. Hypocrisy at its finest. What was applied to FSU was not applied to Liberty in the SMU situation. SMU had a tougher schedule and passed the eye test more than the undefeated Liberty. Totally agree. Liberty went to Tulane. Now, we can have a conversation of Willie Fritz being distracted, knowing he was going to Houston. It's still impressive. You went in and beat a Tulane team with your backup quarterback, ironically, and you're going up against a quarterback that's going to play in the NFL. Michael Pratt's going to be a clipboard holder at the next level. He's a good player. And, you know, Liberty got the nod over. It, the, it, it's not consistent. SMU is a better team than Liberty. You're all right about that. Most people that follow a group of five football closer than me or you, Danny, would, would tell you the same thing. Um. Scotoroby sickening knowing how much of my Alabama state taxes went to pay out the college football playoff committee. Good show. Keep up the hard work. Y'all, once again, I, I'm going to say it a thousand times over. Alabama getting in helps my school. It helps my conference that, that I cover. Okay. Um, you know, I, I'm willing to stand for what's right. Okay. You can't say the word team when you're saying the four best teams when the ultimate sign of a good team is winning without your best players, okay? One of the most important things that has ever happened to Bill Belichick is when he went 11-5 and with Matt Castle, okay? One of the most impressive things Sean Payton did when Drew Brees got hurt was when he went undefeated with Jameis freaking Winston. The sign of good teams and good coaches and good programs is how do you do when your best player is out? That's a sign of a good team, the best team. Because I tell you this, I don't know if Alabama is winning the games that they won this year with freaking Tyler Buckner and Ty Simpson. They looked really bad versus USF. And they had the opportunity to prove themselves versus a bad team. They sucked. Okay? The sign of a good team is how do you look 
when the, your, your best is out. Oh, boy. Adam, I'm going to tell you this. The BCS rankings were wild. Okay. I don't want to get into the BCS. I'll do this, Adam. If you super chat, I'll bring up the BCS rankings. Okay. Um, it's tough. It's tough. Let's go to Simper right here. There you go. So Simper is going to be the winner of our Mason Smith card. He gets us to the hundo mark. Really appreciate you, Simper. Congratulations. You'll be getting this Mesa card in the mail. Of course, we're big Mason Smith fans here on PHL, and I hope he's coming back next year. I think he should. I think he should. It is interesting, though, that he's still on a lot of these mock drafts, but I do think he needs another year, okay? It's normally two years after your ACL repair that you're back to your normal self. Okay. Um. He is predicting a Bama-Texas rematch for the championship. Bama wins bet on it. There's your Honda. Huh? 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 So let me do this. Switch with the poll question. Overwhelmingly, you predicted Florida State. So let's do a poll question here for Simper. Who wins the CFP? Uh, Michigan. Let me know who y'all think is going to win it in the chat. Washington. My dad's actually going to the Washington, Texas game. Uh, he and I have gone to a gazillion Sugar Bowls. So there you go. All right, so Adam wants me to bring up the BCS rankings. Okay, we'll do that. All right. And I will do it really quickly. And... Here you go. Now, let me know. Type B for BCS... Type P for playoff, which one would you have preferred? All right. So to the left is the BCS, okay? The BCS had Michigan, Washington, Alabama, Florida State, and leaving Texas out. So did the simulated BCS get this better than the college football playoff committee? One and two are correct. Or even. Three, four, five would have put Texas out. And Florida State in. The BCS and the playoff committee would have had Alabama in. Okay. <laughs> BCS would have LSU number four. Okay. Um, 
I don't get how y'all are saying the BCS would have gotten this right. I, I'm losing a lot of respect for you guys that says the BCS. Because Texas beat Alabama on their turf by 10 points. Okay? They, they beat them by double digits. And if you actually watch the game, uh, Texas really dominated that game. All right? So uh, I have a tough time if, if you if head-to-head is supposed to matter. Um, then then I, I don't know how you guys could say. And look, you can have your own opinion. That's fine. I, I, I don't know how you guys could, could say uh, that that would be the case. All right. Cortland says, you see, Carter just doesn't want Bama in. You're right. I know. Because they don't deserve to be in. They don't deserve to be in. Okay? And look, it's not an anti-Bama thing. I have long defended the legacy of the 2020 Bama team. Right? So much is made about it being the, the, the Rona year and whatever. There have been plenty of things I've defended Alabama on. Plenty of things. I just don't think that they should be in over a team that beat them by 10 points on their field and a team that went undefeated and beat two SEC teams. Not one, but two SEC teams. One of which it beat worse than you beat it. Okay? I'm I'm just saying, any... Anything, any metric that you want to use to compare Alabama and Florida State's resume, it falls apart. Okay? It falls apart. Others have mentioned it, but it'd be funny if Florida State declined their bowl invite as a middle finger to the selection committee. Yeah, but you miss out on that bowl check. <laughs> huh? 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 I will say, Trey, that there was a pretty viral shot of Georgia and Florida State's coaches, Kirby Smart and, of course, Mike Norvell, looking very thrilled, to say the least, uh, to be at the bowl press conference. Okay? Now, I see some of you saying, well, you would have wasted a spot on Florida State. So? So? I'll tell you this. I remember going to the Sugar Bowl with my father when Ohio State played Alabama. And I did not think that Alabama would lose that game. I just did not think so. With Bama losing all the quarterbacks that it did. And they 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 thoroughly took care of business on a field that Nick Saban had, had 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 a lot of success on, right? You I I don't like living in a world that with with wacky college football with this would have been a wasted spot or woulda coulda shoulda this. Okay? 
the truth is there are a lot of very interesting scenarios that Alabama barely missed out on anyway, okay? One thing I would have loved to have seen, loved, I would have been thrilled to have seen this, okay? What if Alabama had actually lost to Auburn, okay, but beat Georgia? What would the playoff rankings have looked like? What I think it would have been, I don't know. (laughs) Would two lost Alabama still be getting in over Florida State? Because the argument doesn't change, really. It really doesn't. Because if your entire argument is based on Florida State is without their quarterback, then if you're ranking it on the proverbial best teams, Georgia would be on a neutral field, power ranked and favored over the entire field that actually made it today. So one thing I didn't get was why wasn't Georgia ranked ahead of Florida State? If it's just putting the best teams in the field, and if you're going to beat over my head that your job is to just get the four best teams in, why stop at five with Florida State? Why aren't they eighth? Okay. Well, they're not because they are factoring in, in this instance, that the games that they played matter. But when it actually comes to ranking the top four, it's just the best teams. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Well, that's a problem because they do. It it does matter after the four. It does. Okay. It doesn't in terms of reaching the ultimate goal, but you're, you're telling us that it does, right? Every single ranking is just based on who are the best teams. Let's go to Matt. Everybody welcome Matt to the channel. Huge fan of the channel. I really appreciate it. And he's an FSU fan. Excited to see Jaden. Look at you, Matt. Look at you. Look at you. Huh? 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 Oh, man. If he doesn't, both our fan bases have been royally screwed. Yeah, so since you did super chat about it, I wasn't going to discuss too much about the Jaden Heisman thing because the rest of this week is going to be Jaden Heisman content. He will win it. He will be one of the best ever winners of the Heiser Trophy. It's just the numbers. We we can uh, we we can run the numbers. What's the name of the guy on Instagram that I followed? Um, he 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 acts like a um, like he's a very um, hyperbolized Italian. Like uh, he he's like run the numbers. It's I don't remember his name. I follow him though. But if you do just run the numbers, Jaden Daniels is the Heisman Trophy winner. I can share this, all right? Um, Jaden Daniels did watch the Pac-12 championship game, all right? Sources, all right? So kind of sort of broke the Quest story uh, earlier today. 
didn't get credit for it. That's perfectly fine. Next thing. Jaden did watch the Pac-12 championship game on his couch. Okay. So he was just like you. He was probably nervous because he knows if Bo Nix would have won the game and, and played really well, that he probably would have won the award. The weirdest thing was how the Vegas odds were shifting during the game. Uh, Jaden went from a plus money favorite back down to a minus money favorite to a plus money uh, situation again. All right. And lucky enough, Bonick sucked. I'm not going to say he sucked. He was okay. But Oregon's lost. And it was pretty much decided that the game was um uh was was signed till delivered for Jaden Daniels to win the Heisman trophy. Now are there still some dudes out there like a Joel Klatt? And I would love Joel Klatt to jump on the channel. I've interviewed Joel Klatt before uh on one of my old radio shows. I don't think he I don't think he would want me to put him in a body bag uh him discussing this Michael Penix BS because the 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 West Coast guys when Bo Nix lost, he immediately went to, well, Michael Penix is the most beautiful, eloquent thrower of the football. Please. Eat grass. Get outside. The thing Here's the thing I don't get. All right, sure. You're, you're a big, big, big voice of your, your television providers, Okay. So you're going to stoop for your, your your people, right? There are plenty of SEC people today that have said some really crazy things, like Georgia and Alabama for sure should be in, and all, whatever. Why why can't you just be honest? Why can't why can't people that cover the Pac-12 just say, "Well, Jaden Daniels is better than Michael Penix." It's okay. Jaden was just in the Pac-12. He is from California, like. Jaden loves the freaking West Coast. He trains in the West Coast. Just because he plays at LSU, you 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 could it's okay. And that's part of why I like the Super Chat so much from Matt. Because he's a Florida State fan. Guess what? Uh based on how the committee talked today, you would think Jordan Travis was a Heiser Trophy winner. Well, Jordan Travis's leg snapped into 10 pieces. We, 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 the world is over. I'm telling you, if you actually know ball and you actually watch Florida State in the Louisville game, y'all, playoff games are tight. They're nerve-wracking, okay? Michigan's offense is not necessarily reinvented the wheel. Florida State, when they play the elites, they tend to struggle in the trenches. You're not you're gonna tell me that this Florida defensive line, Florida State defensive line, our offensive line might win the Joe Moore Award as the best offensive line in the sport. We have one of the best offensive lines. We struggle to block Florida State both seasons. Okay. All those guys are on this defensive line. So they had Lovett and Fisk up the middle, verse and Peyton on the edges. They would have gotten the the Dexter kid. He would have been eligible for the postseason. You're telling me that that defensive line wouldn't have at least made it 
difficult for Michigan to run the football, please. Please. Okay. Let's go to Boris. So Heisen needs Jaden a lot more than Jaden needs a Heisen. Their credibility is at stake. Jaden is solid. I want to see a side-by-side Jaden and Burrow statues on campus. Make it rain. Huh? 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 Well, tell Simper to keep those super chats going. I'm kidding. I got to meet Simper a few weeks ago, and it was all thanks to – I think I saw Samuel in here a little bit earlier. Samuel, let me know uh, if you're in here. It was all because of Samuel, all right, um, how Simper and I got to meet in, in person. Um. Yeah, obviously, I, I think Jaden and Joe Burrow both deserve statues. Uh, I think all Heiser Trophy winners deserve statues. Um, you know, look, a statue means a lot. Like, you got to be a freaking goat. And I, I think every LSU legend that has a statue on campus is deserving of the statue, right? Um yeah, if you win the Heiser Trophy, that should be a good precedent set. If you win this award, you you should have a statue. When I visited Baylor, I didn't know this when I went to Baylor. Um, they have a huge Robert Griffin III statue right outside their stadium. Huge. Okay. Um, so, yeah, sure. Build it. Jaden and, and, and Joe. Um, they, I mean, look, LSU might have the two best Heiser Trophy winners ever. If you just run the numbers. Okay. So there you go. Everybody, welcome. Brenna Master. Brenna Master, let me know uh, who you support. You say the film breakdowns are elite. I really appreciate that, man. And um, thank you. I, I put a lot of work into it. And the funny thing about it is, um, you know, I. Uh, oh, TLV's going on a Husky rant. I love it. Walter Nola, Chance? Walter Nolan's in the portal? You're telling me a guy that fits the absolute one of the biggest needs we need on this team right now? Walter freaking Nolan's in the portal? He's from Tennessee, right? So, um, pipe dream. Um, mm. oh, I'm reading some of my texts here. Oh, these are the texts. Walter Nolan's in the portal. When the pimps and the crib, ma. <laughs> Let's go. BK, get in that damn portal. Call freaking Gordon. Get whatever you can to get Walter Nolan over here. 
you can actually play. Now, the interview is important. Okay. Huh? Huh? Uh, Texas A&M, there's been other five stars that have come over to LSU for Texas A&M, and it didn't work out. But Walter Nolan can play. He can play. Okay. I love it. Almost forgot you should post a link to the RG3 interview clip where Jane asked about the PAC versus the SEC priceless. I think I saw that clip. It was like a little separate clip on like Twitter or something like that. Um, of course, Jane's going to tell the truth and say that the SEC is way tougher. But yeah, man, Walter Nolan. I'd love to see it. I would love to see it. Okay. We need DTs, bro. We do. Okay. That's where Jalen Milrose in New York City for the Heiser Trophy. He threw for 190 yards versus Georgia. That would be not good. Uh, I, I I better not see Jalen Milrow have any first place votes. Like if if that would be really bad, okay. If Jalen Milrow got some first place votes, now he should be the heavy favorite going into next year, okay. Um, he should be. Now if McCarthy comes back, then yeah, Cody. It's been a while, man, my fellow football card brother. Hope you're good, man. You know what thing? I follow Cody uh, on, on Facebook. Man, he's just a positive guy. He's also a Steelers fan. What the hell? I need to get Patrick Peterson on there saying, man, PP, you got to gotta go out there and play quarterback now, bro. You're out there with Mitchell Trubisky. Okay. Get in that portal. LD88. LSU is 10 and a half. Over is 55 and a half. Man. We got a Bama guy in here. JD5 definitely deserves it. I love it. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Even though I don't think y'all should have got in. That's okay. Y'all are in a better spot than we are right now. Okay, I don't. I think a Heiser Trophy would make me happy, but being in the playoff would make me happier. I think Jaden would probably tell you the same thing. You know, I don't know. When in a Heiser Trophy, it does set you up for life. Um, yeah, Roger. Florida State had their QB. They would be number one. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if they would be number one since Michigan just has more dominant. Uh, victories, but there would be no less than number three. Okay. Everybody, welcome Corey to the channel. How are we feeling about LSU Wisconsin? Um, meh. 
nothing about the Wisconsin matchup excites me. In fact, I get bad memories about the Wisconsin matchup because, well, we should have lost both of those games. We did not play play well in either one of those. And, again, they were season-opening games. Now, with a completely different regime, but it it is a pretty extended history where, yeah, we've had some games where we had really good games um, uh, in, in season openers. Obviously, Oregon is one of those. Washington is another one. But, uh, but yeah, outside of that, I mean, there, there are some rough ones. There are some rough ones. Um, let's go to TJ. I'm guessing this matchup has something to do with Jim Leonard and the media playing that story up. Honestly, it... Okay. All right. Um, so today I got to learn a little bit more on how the, um, the, 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 these bowls are selected. Okay. Um, so once again, a little bit earlier, I got pretty good information that LSU and Wisconsin were going to be the bowl matchup. And if you look at the timestamps tweet, other people that cover LSU, I was one of the first ones. I was the first one that tweeted that out. Okay. LSU, Wisconsin. Don't really care about that. What I will tell you though, is so much of these bowl matchups are, are random, right? Like I think I read somewhere that the bowl that Notre Dame got selected to, it was so like out of the blue that the that the bowl committee didn't have a helmet ready for like their bowl press conference stuff, right? So for these lower tier bowls, it kind of gets, you know, weird over who goes where because so much of it is a trickle down from how the playoff committee put certain teams in certain spots, if that makes sense, right? So, yeah, you know, that is a storyline. But I'm telling you the ReliQuest Bowl would have given their left pinky toe. The, the, the head of the bowl committee would have given up their pinky toe for Notre Dame to be the school instead of Wisconsin. And obviously that was one thing that TJ would just kept getting um, – brought up, can we get LSU-Notre Dame? Because the truth is, LSU versus Notre Dame is far more compelling than any other bowl matchup that I saw today because it is legit former coach going up against former team in one of the more controversial job switches in college football history. You guys saw the vitriol. Right. That was more vitriolic than Oklahoma going to USC. Right. Um, I think a lot of Oklahoma fans were just kind of fed up with uh, Lincoln Riley. And obviously there was a good bit of Notre Dame fans fed up with Brian Kelly. But, you know, that was such a big moment in college football history. Right. Two A-list coaches go from, quote unquote, A-list programs to a plus list programs in their minds, right? So, yeah, if LSU and Notre Dame, I mean, that would have been so huge, so 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 huge. Um, it obviously wouldn't have been the same billing of like a playoff game, but LSU Notre Dame is far more interesting than Missouri Ohio State. All right, 
I can make a case LSU Notre Dame is more interesting than any bowl matchup outside of Florida State and Georgia, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, Dakota Super Chat. The, the, it's just a, you know, excuse my French. It's a shitty matchup. It just is. I don't think Wisconsin, especially Luke Fickle, is particularly excited about playing a Jaden Daniels offense with a lot of opt-outs. We did see Bo Nix announce today that he's going to play in the bowl game. Okay? What's Jaden going to do? I don't know. I really don't know. Now we can get into a conversation of what's what's better. Obviously, I, I do see both sides of, of the argument where – is it better for Jane opt out of the bowl game and give Garrett Nussmeyer all the game reps? It is a good thing if Garrett does get the start. Starting is so different than just being subbed in. How a team would prepare for Jane Daniels, knowing that Jane's not playing, is a completely different thing than how I would prepare for Garrett Nussmeyer. It changes, right? It changes drastically. The play calls themselves might not change too much. Um, you know, a lot of Jaden's rushing success wasn't on design runs, but you know, it's different. So you can it, it, that could be a big debate that we can have over the next couple of weeks. I kind of want to sleep on it just a little bit, um, but there is a piece of me that would love to see Garrett Nussmeyer get a start just to see how things roll, right? As quarterbacks who played the position, of course, you still got to go out there, execute the game plan and all those things. But when you are the starter and you are the guy, you are leading the men out into battle. The, The game plan is centered around you. You're walking around campus. You're walking around the building. You're the guy, okay? Um, You're the guy if that, that could shift multi-billion dollar college football playoff enterprises okay only you all right oh yeah lsu versus tulane would have been very sexy i would have hated it for this year though hated it because we would have waxed them absolutely waxed them They wouldn't have had their coach, right? Now, it would have been interesting because there are a lot of LSU coaches on that Willie Fritz staff. How many of them are actually going to go to Houston? I don't know. But I would have hated to play Tulane this year simply because they wouldn't have had their coach. And I think in that matchup, they really would have needed Willie Fritz. Um, Also, Tulane had some weird results go in their favor this year. Uh, now, last year's Tulane team going up against this year's LSU's team would have been a great matchup. Even last year, both those teams going up against each other. They probably would have beat us because they, they, they beat a good USC team last year. But um, point being, Wisconsin at noon on New Year's freaking day, yeah, it just sucks. I mean, it's just no other way around it. It sucks. All right. Let's go to Sibley. Texas Miracle, based on recruiting, 
to send a message to the SEC, big human speed and excellent QBs. If Horns were in the SEC, they would have won the conference. How will Texas change the SEC? This is a very good super chat. So Sibley, of course, is uh, very involved uh, with Texas athletics and, and LSU athletics. So today was a huge day for Texas. Huge. Just getting in the playoff was good for them. The first thing is I think that, yeah, they had a lot of results go their way. They had the overtime game versus Kansas State. But I I do think their resume is really good, right? You look and see that their only loss was in a rivalry game versus Oklahoma State where they won on the final possession. And you blow out a good Oklahoma State team. That's really impressive. That's really, really, really impressive. Their skill guys are really good on the outside. Um, their wide receiving group is probably the best wide receiver group left in the playoff, right? Um, obviously, Washington, it's I'm between those two. Um, so, yeah, it's it's – it's impressive what they've done. Also, Texas will seize this opportunity to win some recruiting battles with some of these AM kids, right? So, yeah, Texas is a major factor moving forward. Sark has done a really good job with this team. Year three, this was an elite team. And if we're being honest, especially what we know about the college football playoff, the best regular season victory this year was Texas going to Alabama and beating them by 10. That is one of the best wins this season. Now, there's other good ones. There's other really good ones. But that one is what helped put Texas into the playoff today. Okay. But, yeah, I hope you enjoyed, Sibley. I mean, playoff games, I've gone to playoff games where I haven't had a dog in the fight. They are fun. They are really, really, really fun, okay? And you're going to have a good time, okay? You're going to have a good time. UCF beat Oklahoma State 45-3. to They did. They did. Okay. But, you know, there's all kinds of transitive property things that you could do with the results, right? Like, Alabama beat Auburn on the final play of the game, essentially, and Auburn lost to New Mexico State the week before. Okay. Two or three not good as one. Good to see you. He says, I hope we uh, close out clean house in the offseason. 
Ah, I see the pun. Bob, good to see you. Would love to see Malik break the record. I know that's eating him up inside, but I don't know. Real like, you know. Let me ask you this: in the chat right now, who holds a receiving record at LSU? Okay, there's 235 of you watching right now. I would say maybe a, a third of you knows who, um, who 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 holds uh, the the record. Okay, which is probably a third of you that immediately knows who the record holder is. And it's Josh Reed. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you know, of course, it's nice to have records. But I don't, th like, I don't think less of Jamar Chase because he doesn't have, like, an all-time career record. Like, I, I, I just don't. It... Like Devin White is not the all-time leading tackler at LSU. Does it change my opinion that he's the best linebacker to play at LSU in this modern era? So I don't know how important the record ultimately is for a player's legacy, but I do think Malik really wants to break it. Okay? But yeah, Wendell Davis had a record broken by Malik in the Texas A&M game. Okay. Cody says he was born in 86. There we go. Where my 80s my my 86 crew. Okay. But yeah, I mean Rohan and Josh Reed were a little bit before their time. Okay. A little bit. Jared with the Super Chat, I really appreciate you. Don't forget, you can also Venmo Cash App. That's always preferred. Um, and there we go. Let's keep it moving. DJ Chark, you got some DJ Chark references in here? Yeah, DJ's was a beast, man. That punt return versus Auburn. We got some Chelton Sampson chat. I think Shelton Sampson should get a lot of run in the bowl game. I think Shelton Sampson's really good. One thing I don't like is the grambling game. I don't care that he dropped the passes. I just don't. If you really want to get into a deep discussion and 
if you're born in 86 or, or older than that. Uh, I'm not quite that old, but I'm around that region. A lot of you know there are quite a few good LSU wide receivers that started their careers off with horrible drop issues. Horrible. And they ended up being not only good, but longtime NFL players. Okay. I want Shelton to get more run because versus Grambling, he got open. He just dropped passes that he catches 99 million percent of the time. Okay. So I want to see that happen. He get a chance to play. Now, Jared, thank you so much for the super chat. I really appreciate you. And we will get to Jared's next topic. And it's an important one. The transfer portal right after this. PHL Nation. Oh, yeah, baby. You know about Louisiana Controls. They've been showing us love throughout this college football season. And I'm looking for you to do the same when it comes to your energy management commercial HVAC needs. It is all with our buddies who have been doing this for over 40 years. Yes, that is four decades. You know this Louisiana weather gets crazy. Go to LouisianaControls.com or call 225-924-4990, baby. Let's go. So, Dr. Pepper, you, you've seen all these ads, right? So, they, like, own College Football Conference Championship Weekend with the chest pass stuff. Okay, dude, I have been addicted to Dr. Pepper for the last couple of months. Okay, addicted. Their ads might work because I am a big college football fan, but legit, this soda, this strawberries and cream Dr. Pepper soda is just absurd. It is absurd. Like, I it's so good. But I, I this is the first time I've drunk. I think I've drank one on stream. I can barely function. Like, I feel like. There's all this, like my lungs are fighting the carbonation inside of my soul right now. Um, but that's strawberries and cream, bro. DP is is just crazy. Now nah, it's a throwback. You want me and Mo Isom to go one on one again in soccer? That was that was a, a an intense battle. Now that's a deep cut. You have to be following my career for a long time. But shout out to Mo Isom. I've not talked to her in probably ten years. Uh, but she she was great. Um. But yeah, I want to talk about the transfer portal. Of course, you know we've had some new names go in. There are some guys that I would really like and would kind of fit what I think Brian Kelly wants out of a football player. I've let it be known that I'm a huge Trevor Etienne guy. I understand running back is far from the most important positions we need out of the portal, but I think he is a guy that would step in and, and play a lot for us right away. He's in the portal. Now, I do think there are some players that are in the portal because there's nothing against you going into the portal, right? 
you can go into a, the portal an unlimited amount of times as long as you do it in the window, and you can always come back. And guess what? If you're a starter, teams will always gladly take you back. So there's nothing against putting your name into the transfer portal. There really isn't, okay? But there's also nothing against kicking the tires and seeing if this would be a fit, right? ETN's a guy I'm very interested in, all right? Very, very, very interested in, okay? So, there you go. Nuss and the receivers have a good offseason to build that chemistry, like JD5 and Malik. Yeah, I, I think there will be, I think Garrett's going to work really freaking hard this offseason, okay? Let's go to Jeremiah here. If Brian Thomas Jr. and Kyron Lacey don't come back, who do I think will be the wide receiver one? I would put the chances that Kyron Lacey goes to the NFL draft as very, very, very low. Um, like, could I see him move up some draft boards? I could because I think athletically he's pretty good. Like, I think he would run in the four fours. Uh, he, he's got some really good after the catch ability that, you know, he not only displayed in non power five games, but in power five games. But I think he would not be smart <laughs> and go to the NFL draft because his targets and everything is just going to go up this next year. He is so like, he is so far ahead of every single returning wide receiver, right? Like, look, Chris Hilton is, is Chris Hilton and Aaron Anderson are the other experienced receivers we would have coming back. Statistically, they are so far back, not only in terms of just numbers, but in terms of snaps from Kyron Lacey, right? You're telling me that with a questionable draft profile that I would test those waters or come back to the best wide receiver factory you possibly could go to with a quarterback who's probably going to throw it more than Jaden threw it because he can't run. That is hard for Kyron Lacey to pass up. So I think he's coming back and, and, and become the 1.5 option on our team. I am not fully convinced that Kyron is a true bonafide alpha. But I do think we we saw enough last year that that could be the case. Now, I did not feel that after the Ole Miss game. But he really grew on me as the season moved on. And when you watch LSU football really closely and you hear from some of the people in the building – the public perception of Kyron Lacey was totally different from the people that actually are at LSU football. And it's not just a, a, a case of, well, this guy drops passes or whatever, and 
it's not just sad. It's this dude blocks his ass off. This guy um, cheers for others and their success. He wasn't ever, you know, envious of Malik and BTJ. This was a guy that a lot of people had already slotted Aaron Anderson ahead of. And, you know, he's kind of like Garrett Nussmeyer in a way that, you know, he wasn't as hyped as some guys that were younger than him. And he said, look, F that. I, I'm 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 experienced. I'm going to be that guy. And guess what? He was that guy for us. Okay. Uh, Shelton Sampson is six four. Trade as Green is a monster. We got Pimpton. So we got size. We got plenty of size at wide receiver. And if the Will Shepard thing happened, shout out to Grant again. Um he um the Will Shepard's a, a, a unit. Uh let's see. AP says everyone has seen Nuts. Nuts is pretty fast. Yeah, true. I mean, I I think he can do some things with his legs. It's just he, he he's not going to run at the same volume or at the same ability as Jaden. So that in turn is going to mean less quarterback scrambles and more throws, which in turn probably means more targets going Kyron Lacey's way. That's the only point I was making. Uh, but I do I do think um, I do think Garrett will run more. Uh, now that he's he's a guy. Okay. Michael's pretty confident, confident that Kyron Lacey will be the next wide receiver one. A lot of you want to talk some Gabriel Relaford. I'm down to do that. I I'm we did a good bit a little bit earlier. I really want to be a part of this class. We need some defensive lineman help. Um Pooh Bear, good to see you. I've not been able to welcome every single one of you into here tonight. That's perfectly fine. Jerry Rice dropped balls early in the four, with the 49ers. He did. Am I younger than you? I might be. I might be. A, 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 do you feel some type of way about that? You just met me a few weeks ago. So now I feel kind of strange, right? Like, I met you. You got to see me in person. And now you're 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 mad at yourself that I am younger than you. That must mean that I am aging poorly, which I am. Okay, so um, we took some Christmas photos. My wife and I we went. Uh, we drove an hour to go go take some Christmas photos in the in in the woods somewhere. All right, I was a professional photographer, and I got to see some of the photos. I was like, holy crap, she's stunning. And I look horrible. Like, I have aged so poorly, it's not even funny. I'm fat now. I go on a three-mile run yesterday. went on a three-mile run. And I was like, okay, I lost some weight. I know I did. And lo and behold, out of nowhere, my in-laws drive up to our house unannounced with a small DQ blizzard. And when I tell you I devoured that thing, Extra Heath. Then my wife made me cinnamon rolls this morning. I ate the whole pan. Swear, swear to God. And then 
she brought him some cookies last night, ate four of those. I'm like, God, I just cannot handle myself. Now I'm drinking full Dr. Peppers. Y'all, I have got to quit with the sugar. I've just got to drink water. The Dr. Pepper ads are getting to me. Uh, it's because I'm gray. You're, you're discriminating against us gray-haired folk. Okay. I know platinum. I, I'm drinking only water. That's true, H-Town. You're very lucky. And it, you say I'm fortunate at 53 to t- see two guys in winners play. Heck, there's 13-year-olds that don't understand like how big of a deal what they're witnessing. Um, so there you go. Bayou Bingle says, when will the Bolitnikoff Trophy be given? Heisman Knight? No, the Bolitnikoff Trophy will probably – I think the award ceremony is Thursday night. Okay. The first big award involving an LSU Tiger coach will actually be in two days. Okay. And that is when they'll announce the Broyles Award. That's in Little Rock, Arkansas. And obviously, Mike Dembrock is a finalist. All right. I don't think Dembrock is going to win. I think Sharon Moore, the offensive line coach for Michigan, will win it. Now, Part of that is because he was a head coach this year, basically, for Michigan because Harbaugh was suspended so much. I think he's going to win it. The other candidates are Phil Parker at Iowa, Mike Bobo at Georgia, and Will Stein at uh, Oregon. I hope Mike Dembrock wins it, though, obviously, because he did such a great job for us this year. Okay. What what is masterminds? JD five won the Unitas. Uh, we'll have plenty of NFL draft talk, uh, but I think Jaden for sure is going to go in the first round. For sure. I think it'll go I think it'll actually go in the first 10 or 15 picks. Um so yeah. Which is actually a good thing. You want him going to like like a good like for instance. I I could see the Steelers, I could see a lot of teams looking to bail from their quarterback situation and Jaden going there. Now, obviously, I don't want him to go to the Steelers because that would mean him versus Burrow for the rest of their careers, basically. Um, now, Cody is a Steelers fan. Now, you just super chatted a minute ago. Um, but you want him going to a good organization. Saints would actually be probably one of the better situations he can go to. Just an abysmal division with really good young wide receivers. Okay. 
we don't need any more manufactured minorities. Oh, what does that mean? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, AP says, what scares me the most is we never needed a field goal at the end of the game to win. Can Ramos win us a game in the last seconds of a game? Uh, he did that versus Arkansas uh, this year. Now, it was kind of a chip shot, but now he, he's made a clutch field goal like that. Uh, so there you go. And yeah, we got we got some massive receivers on our team next year. We might have one of the bigger wide receiver rooms next year, right? We got Billy Ott coming in, who's uh, a unit. Um, and then of course you got Trade Green and Pimpton. And you got Shelton Sampson. All four of those guys are 6'4 and, and bigger. Okay. A gray hair discrimination. I, I yeah, Sibley, I don't get the gray hair discrimination. I think um I think I think us gray hair folks are like the wisest. Yeah, Ramos did make a huge kick versus Florida the year before. Huge. Because it's kind of weird because we're kind of in the middle. If I remember correctly, we're kind of in the middle of going for it. Uh, But that field goal was massive, massive. Okay. All right, Alex, we'll see you. Yeah, I think I think they'll get I think they'll get one, man. Let's see. Let's see, Will Shepard. Lots of Shepard convo in here. I love it. Let's see here. All right. Alabama. Is currently winning this poll. That's crazy. 50% of you. 50%. Believe that Alabama. Is winning the college football playoff. Now I want to see in the chat. Who did you pick. To win the playoff. Because 179 of you voted in this. Who do you think? And I'll tell you my answer coming up. Uh, 
That is so crazy to me. What's up, Forbes? Bama wins it all. It's going to buy a bingo. What worries me is all these great wide receiver and skill position recruits and possible QB recruits, but don't see any big-time defensive commitments other than Moses, but that won't be until 2025. Yeah, I'm a little confused by this. Uh, So, yeah, you you can make a case that you don't have, like, the top 100 defensive commitments. But you still have a pretty steady amount of blue-chip defensive commitments for 2024, right? Uh, You still have Tylen Singleton. You still have uh, Deshaun McBride, who's been committed for so long, you just kind of, you know, forget about him. Uh, you you still you still have a you still have a good amount of defensive commitments, um, uh, committed. But you don't. I understand that a lot of you would feel better if McKinley was committed and so and so was committed. But you know, there you go. Let's go to Charles with the super chat. Appreciate it. I also love the super situation. Got the kiddo and the dog playing with the toy. You can't really beat that. It's good to see that. So, Charles, you get to pick the next topic or question. You go right on ahead. This is true. Washington winning doesn't hurt our recruiting like Bama, UT, or Michigan. That is true. The guys that Washington go after are not going to be the same guys that LSU goes after more often than not. So I guess in theory you should be rooting for uh, Washington, right? Uh, So that's a very good point. It really is. Let's see here. 
Very good shot. TOV, man, of you of all people. I did not think you would be one of the people that would be rooting for Alabama. Why? Or how many of you are rooting for Alabama? Okay. But yeah, you know, defensive commitment. Someone mentions Jawan Johnson. Jeremiah does. I mean, we got some good DBs committed. Uh, the Rogers kid out of uh, West Feliciana. I mean, this. I mean, some of those guys have got to turn out okay, right? Okay. All right, let's go to Charles's uh, super chat here. Okay, as far as um, the madhouse, it's it's a, it's a uh, it's a good point. I don't think enough has been made of our defensive line coach being sick and Greg freaking Brooks with the brain tumor and other injuries affecting the defense this season. Yeah, so both situations here are random, you know, brain situations, right? So, you know, Jimmy Lindsay wasn't able to coach a position and we had some major reshuffling in our defensive staff and, of course, Greg Brooks and the brain tumor, okay? So here, here's what I'd say about the, 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 the Greg Brooks thing. It was undeniably massive because Greg Brooks was very good and it also increased – the snap total for Andre Sam and Major Burns. And after that, um, the, uh, the, the, the the truth here is, well, look. Our defense had already been torched-ish kind of twice before the Greg Brooks thing. Florida State got us, but that was Jordan Travis, probably the best quarterback we played this year. And Grambling also got us pretty pretty good. And then the Greg Brooks thing happened. So, yeah, our defense unequivocally would have been better with Greg Brooks than without. We still shouldn't have been so reliant on one DB and one defensive line coach for this unit to turn into something historically bad. Now, to your point, Charles, how much of this is on that house? Charles says, it looked like you mostly liked his calls and film reviews. What do I think? I wouldn't I wouldn't go so far as, as to say that. Um, I would love to actually go look at the advanced numbers to see like how often we ran quarters in comparison to other teams because we ran it an alarmingly high amount of times. Out of all the games that we played, there was really only one game where Madhouse was the main culprit as to why we lost the game, and that was Alabama, okay? 
all the good juju that Madhouse had versus Alabama the year before, which was one of the better defensive called games I've seen at LSU, right? That was Bryce Young, his only game where he had less than 50% completion percentage. And then the next year have one of the worst called games I've ever seen versus Alabama. I can unequivocally say that Madhouse in the Alabama game was one of the worst coordinated games in LSU history. And the reason why it, I, I, I say that is the Ole Miss game had more to do with guys just missing very basic tackles. Were we in the best position? No. Were there coverage bust? Yes. When they ran mesh and they had number 19 Wade wide open, that was the play that actually uses the, the thumbnail image of the film study. But outside of that one and a few others, the Ole Miss game was, I would chalk up more to bad tackling. The Alabama game, I would chalk up more to, you have two freaking weeks to prepare and you don't call QB spy, but you do it on the first drive of the game when you actually force a punt. Why wouldn't you do it again? Why would you just give four man rushes to where Milro knows where everybody's going com- coming from, which makes it easier for him to escape the pocket and make plays with his legs. It's basic stuff. It's basic stuff. Okay. So, yeah, I, I, I think that game honestly hurt a good bit of goodwill for me with Matt House. It really did. Ole Miss game, I, after re-watching it a few times over, Make one tackle here or there, you win that game. But man, I can get into the Texas A&M game. Some of the calls there made little to no sense. But that's not here nor there. As true, Hal. And look, out of all the games this season, this year, the game that hurt us the most was the Alabama loss. Unequivocally, the Alabama loss. But if the 12-team playoff was this season, the Ole Miss game would have unequivocally hurt us the most because that would have cost us a playoff, objectively. The Ole Miss loss honestly cost us two seedings in terms of SEC hierarchy, because that would have given us a better record than Ole Miss, and that also would have put us ahead of Missouri. Okay. Now, keep this in mind. If there was a 12-team playoff, Missouri would have gotten in over us. And a good bit of our chatter tonight would have been LSU with three losses, but a win at Missouri by 10. And Missouri with only two losses. And you know who you, right now, whoever you are watching this, this actually just kind of clicked in my head. If there was a 12-team playoff this year, do you know who you would hate more than anyone else on the planet right now? 
Well, it would be Corey Raymond because it was Corey Raymond who on fourth and 17 did not have a single DB on Luther Burden on the game-winning play of that game. And that would have kept LSU out of the playoff if Florida would have, of course, beaten Missouri. All right? Because obviously three loss Missouri, three loss LSU, who would be ranked ahead of who? LSU would be ahead of Missouri. Now, would LSU have gotten into the field of 12 over Missouri? They would have, but would they have gotten into the field of 12? Just depends on how everything else uh, would have actually fallen. No, 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 no. The opposite, Forbes. The opposite. We should have spied Jalen Milrow. That was my point. We did in the first drive of the game on some snaps, but we didn't the rest of the game. Okay. Carter, if we held Ole Miss to 600 yards, we win. Still 700. It still doesn't make any sense. Even to say that aloud, it doesn't make any sense. Ha, 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 ha. That's crazy. A very happy birthday to Hal. Congrats, Hal. There you go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Let's see. There's one simple hack anyone can use to improve. Uh, are you at my first book outline? Ah, uh, when I'm ready to write, want to call me tomorrow, see if we can write a book together. See, how, we'll see how it goes. I do still write. Patreon, do you guys get my advanced stat breakdowns? Love it. Get all my extra film studies on there as well. Collage Cobbins. Devon Keys. Debo Atkins. Tyne Singleton. Yeah, I think we got some good defensive guys coming in. You'll order a dozen books. Well, that should cover our publishing fees. So there you go. Now, here's what you're going to do. We are reaching the two-hour mark. In the next five to ten minutes, I'll answer as many questions as we possibly can. But if you super chat, we'll keep this party moving. 
We'll keep it moving all night. We'll take it to another level. Oh. Oh. Okay, so I looked at this. Gabriel Relifer tweeted out a photo of him at USC. He also tweeted out a photo of him at LSU with two other North Louisiana guys, John John Randall Belton and uh, Lance Hurd. Cool stuff. Not going to show the USC pick because there's no point. Walter freaking Nolan. I will say this. Georgia is one of the four best teams that I've seen this year in college football. Okay. Roby says, how can I join your Patron? You're talking about taking shots? Patron shots? Let's guess so. Without a credit card. Haven't had a credit card in 10... Haven't had a card in 10 years. What? Wait. I'm, I'm, first off, I'm curious about this. I think a lot of people are curious about this, Roby. How can you, and I'll, I'll get back into college football topics in just a second. How, how can you not have a card for 10 years, right? When so many venues have gone cashless, like, do you not have a, a is it just not having a credit card? Do you have a debit card? Debit cards work. Um, I, I'm genuinely curious about this. 
Okay. Um, I didn't know you could exist without having a card. Do you just pay cash everywhere you go? That's kind of hard to do now days. There are so many places that are cashless now. Sporting events, pretty much all are cashless now. Am I going to be unfair? I, actually, Roby, I, I, I might be. Uh, hit me up with an email. Uh, if y'all want to do a, a Bama get-together uh, in the Fairhope-Mobile region, I'm certainly down for that. Okay. I know Jared would be. We got a bunch of Fairhope uh, folks. But yeah, I I guess you can join with a debit card instead of a credit card. The Tigers beat Mahomes in the Texas Bowl is a bloodbath, and the hotels ran out of liquor. Yeah, man, dude, if you actually go back and look at that that bowl game, how many NFL guys were in that game? Obviously, Mahomes was was a big one. Uh, for Texas Tech, but they also had a receiver um, named Grant who played for the Dolphins a few years. And then that LSU team was Fournette. Uh, what was it? Fournette. That w- that w- was that 15? Either way, that was like Foster Moreau, Jamal Adams, all those guys. Dante Jackson, there was so much talent. Right. Who was the bowl game we played in 14? That was Notre Dame. Okay. And then 15 was Texas Tech. And then 16 was Lamar Jackson. Uh, Kirby, I agree. I do I do agree this was Saban's best coaching job. And honestly, I, I'll say this. This is a crap I, I, I can't stand. Well, Alabama and Georgia only win because they have the best players. Well, it's true they have the best players. But what I want you to do, if you are one of those people that say, well, they just have the best players. If you ever just sat and watched an Alabama secondary and see how well coached they are, you would be amazed, okay? Yes, their secondary players are better than ours, especially this year, okay? But they process information so quickly. It is unreal. Now, our old secondaries did this, um, but Bama secondaries, they do a really good job playing together doing each other's job or doing their own job, which helps each other's jobs, right? Especially in the secondary. The secondary is a very interconnected kind of thing, right? Especially with how Saban does coverages, right? With split field stuff where the Ripley is kind of stuff, 
where if this guy goes here, he's no longer your guy. Your job is now to take the number two or take the Y or whatever. It's honestly above my knowledge. <laughs> it is. But there was a play that I broke down in the SEC film study that was so freaking ridiculous by one of their players. It was early in the game. So Georgia started the game off with a little split zone action with Brock Bowers in the flat, and it was a huge explosive play, and that started the entire drive. Georgia marches down with that momentum and scores. Then on the next drive, they do it a little bit more creatively. They put a little bit more window dressing to get Brock Bowers in a split zone situation out into the flats. Okay? This was one of the best plays I've ever seen a defensive back make. Malachi Moore. He was the one who made the fourth down play early versus us with also a ridiculously good football IQ play to read the play quickly and, and break down on BTJ. Um, Malachi Moore could tell by the way that Brock Bowers was pulling and by the way the receiver was coming down on him and, and blocking him that he knew that it was going to be another split zone play and he was already running towards a flat. So what makes it impressive, it's kind of hard for me to break it down here with my hands, is that they were actually showing a run action going in his direction. So he actually took his eyes off the quarterback and the play action fake and looked at the DB or the wide receiver trying to block him. He forced the DB to the, the wide receiver to miss him, and then he tackled Brock Bowers for a two-yard loss. So the fact that they got beat on a Brock Bowers in the flat route on the first drive. And then on the second drive, Nick Saban and the defense already had it fixed. Shows you that it's more than just the players, right? It's Nick is just on top of things and he just is freaking good. Now, I disagree with a lot of Nick Saban philosophies, including like his fourth down decision making is, is, is questionable at times. Um, it's 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 interesting. Okay. Okay. Now, this is also breaking news. All right. Jair Brown, a defensive back from Ohio State who is from New Orleans, has just entered the portal. Okay. Now, if we were to land him, this would be the third consecutive season we have landed an Ohio State defensive back from the portal, right? Um, obviously, we we had seven banks a few years ago. He was hurt, so we couldn't really tell uh, what would happen with him. J.K. Johnson, we had him this past year. He also got hurt. So we don't know if this has been, you know, something good for us or not over the past couple of seasons because of injuries. But each player uh, is his own thing, right? So, yeah, Chance, it's just been injury-related. So we don't really know um, who, uh, who would actually – work out here or not.
looks like he played his high school ball in Ohio, though. He was a four-star recruit across the way. I'm, I don't, I, I don't know really anything about him other than what I just shared with you. Yeah, Nick is a goat, man. I honestly thought that this game versus Kirby was kind of important for his legacy, as dumb as that sounds. He owns Kirby Smart. He just does, right? Um, yeah, I mean, look, you, you look at the one game Kirby's beat him. I know. I Here, here comes me defending Bama, even though I've been calling him out all day. If Jamison Williams doesn't get hurt, I'm, I'm just being honest, right? Like that dude was their offense. And you look at it after that injury, Bryce Young threw some freaking dots in that game that were dropped. Uh, like, yes, Saban's floor is way higher than, um, than most. But how many times? I'm serious. How many times have you seen Nick Saban get blown out? Right? It, it's, it never happens. Clemson game there where there was a pick six and Trevor Lawrence played flawless. Okay. We should have blown him out, but Ed Orgeron made a huge coaching mistake in the second half of the game in 2019. That allowed Alabama to come back into the game. You, you've got to be in the mindset. If you get a lead versus Alabama, you have got to choke them out, right? When you play Alabama, this is the ultimate compliment I could give Alabama. Do you ever see, like, in a movie, whether it's the villain or the hero, and you have the opportunity to put that 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 final bullet in 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 the center of their skull and 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 just take them out? I know that's very dark, but you've all seen the movies, right? Where you you have the opportunity to to put them away for good, but they slip away at the last second because you. You do a diatribe or you say some BS or whatever, you've got to choke them out. Alabama, dude, I don't know how Nick does it. Even in games that he loses, even in games that he loses or about to lose, that team, the Alabama Crimson Tide, they had the resolve, unlike any other team I've ever seen in any sport. They just don't go down. Like, if, if you have them down, you have got to press and choke them out. Like, that's how freaking good of a coach this guy is, right? And, yes, I disagree with some of this fourth down stuff like I mentioned a minute ago. The rat poison stuff is just way oversold, but the dude freaking is the goat, all right? He is a freaking goat. He's the one that got this train moving in the modern era. Him and Kev Falk, they were the reasons why this shit got going here, right? The dude is so freaking good, and he's still the best. Kirby is right there, but Nick is still number one, okay? Resolving the refs, you're right about that. Whether it's a Patrick Peterson thing or whether it's the Isaiah Bond play that wasn't reviewed, 
The dude is a freaking beast. Okay. Now, yeah, look at Carter bootlicking Alabama. I'm sitting here telling you that they shouldn't have been in the playoff. Okay. And they have had a lot of calls go their way. And the Tennessee game in particular was very shady to me. With that said, these guys just always freaking get it done in the clutch. They do. They do. That's crazy, man, dude. There's so many freaking names going into this portal. I did the did the breathing. Let's go, Tony. Tony's coming after the heavy breathing again, man. I like it. Don't come after me in the breathing, bro. I'll fist fight.
It, it is also crazy, though, that the 12-team playoff could have been this year. And I should have included this in my very beginning thing. We could have had a 12-team playoff this year, the Alliance. You remember the Alliance between the ACC, Big Ten, and uh, Pac-12? If that didn't happen a few years ago, we um, we could add a twelve team playoff this year. It's crazy. SEC headquarters in Tuscaloosa. I thought it was in Birmingham. Oh, the Chiefs just got a big call? I'm going to go check it out. Well, all right, y'all. Appreciate each and every one of you. We will be live again Tuesday night. Uh, So, yeah. We'll see. Head Power, hour, LSU, boom. Uh, as we always do, let's go through the top super chatters. Simper, Boris, Grant, Devin, Simper, Jared, Danny, Roby, Simper, Adam, I appreciate you, Trey, Matt, Florida State fan. Boris again. Cody, TJ. Sibs, as always. Charles. I missed this one from Roddy. Roddy, I really appreciate I really appreciate you. RJ Young had Milrow number one for his Heisen. Well, then RJ Young shouldn't be allowed to talk about college football. I'm serious. Like, that is the most clickbait bullshit I've ever seen. Like as it's it's crazy and i still don't understand this from roby but uh roby hit me up via email but yeah roddy if you're still listening to this I, i'll talk a little bit about this okay and i think i missed another one we had a lot of people in here tonight so my apologies um that that's just awful right like he was binged so he not only played bad versus texas he got benched and didn't play at all versus USF. He had 192 yards passing and 30 yards rushing versus Georgia. And once again, I was against Georgia. But really? Uh, huh? A number one for the Heisen? 
I'm sure his justification was some Heisman moment BS. Okay. It's so stupid. So Roddy, I really, really I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I miss yours. I think I got everybody else's though, uh, tonight. So I really deeply appreciate that, man. Okay. It is power hour LSU boom. And tonight we are doing chocolate chip cookies. Let's go. I love it. 